to the second Ed Fringe special version of Insights. I'm Jo, I'm marketing and audience running officer at Payne's Plough. I'm here with Phil, our production assistant. Uh, yeah. And Emin, our finance and administration assistant. Hello. And Francesca Moody, producer extraordinaire. Hi. And Richard Gadd. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'd get like a subheading or sort of like some sort of way to big now. I got producer extraordinaire then. Just plain old Richard Gad. <laughs> and Remy Beasley. Hello. Remy has written a play called Do Our Best, which she's performing at Underbelly. And Richard Gad has written Baby Reindeer, which is sold out for the entire run, including two extra performances, which went on, which is really exciting. And it's great to have these guys here with us. Um, Francesca, do you want to talk a bit about where you've come from and how you found these guys and what your experience with the fringe has been so far? Yeah, sure. Um, where do I come from? Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, um, I'm a producer and um, I've had a sort of meandering career um, producing freelance and then working inside organisations for about five years. I worked for Payne's Plough for four of those years and then I also worked um, for a theatre company called Curious Directive for a year and um, at the beginning of this year I went independent again and set up my own production company um, originally named Francesca Moody Productions <laughs> and uh, I've got a lot of experience uh, producing at the Fringe um, and um, had produced independently last year whilst I was working at Curious Directive two shows um, and I think industry-wise people know know me for producing um, uh, shows that do very well at the Fringe so I also produced the original um, stage production of Fleabag um, which lots of people now know because of its successful um, uh, the successful TV series that it's become um, and have continued to produce that and um, and so uh, how did I come to find these two amazing plays? Um, so uh, Richard, you and I didn't know each other before, did we? Did you know of me? Uh, yes, I did so know you of did. you. Um, how, <laughs> how it came, I remember what, No, no, you tell the story, it's great. Well no, I just remember how it came about I, um, I'd written this play um, it'd been through various forms. I, I did it, just wrote it in my own sort of time for about a year, just by myself, really. And had, it went through various little places and stuff. But I, I sent it to James Grieve. Yeah. And he said, he basically wrote back and said, Francesca Moody would love this play. Can I send it to her? And that was, that was how, how it came about. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think we met up in a pub. We met up in the Nell. And I thought, yeah, it was really nice, wasn't it? Because I thought I was like being interviewed to be the producer, but then I think, yeah, I thought I was interviewing you, yeah, yeah, and I, I vaguely left being like, did I fuck that up? I remember thinking that, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, you're um, yeah, I remember just thinking, I, I, I don't know, I, I can't remember what where, what where my headspace was at, but I think I. I, I, I vaguely, well, me and John always joke about how we lead meetings and sort of regret almost 89% of what we say. I won't say, but there was a hilarious meeting we had post Bush once and John went away and, and our internal sort of neuroses had, had flown to such a, a flight of fancy that you, you wouldn't believe where we'd, we'd landed. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I left that meeting convinced that I'd screwed it up, but, uh, 
But it was good meeting. Yeah, it was a really good meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, and yeah, and so basically what happened is James sent me, well, uh, James and George had both uh, separately been in touch with me saying, oh, like Baby Reindeer, um, Richard Gadd's Witness Play, and I was like, I definitely want to read it. And I read it on a... I was like coming back from Norwich where I was working a lot for Curious Directive at the time and um, I'd had like a really busy day and I remember thinking, and actually as a producer, it's really, I find it sometimes find it really hard to make time for reading plays yeah. mm-hmm. um, and um, it's something that I'm constantly trying to get better at, like committing that time. But I remember being on the train and being like, right, do you know what? Like I've had a really busy day and now it is about reading a play. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna just really enjoy spending an hour just like sitting with this. And so I remember like starting Baby Reindeer and within the sort of first couple of pages, I was just completely in. And it's so unusual for me to um, read a play all the way through without stopping um, just because I've got, I'm so easily distracted <laughs> uh, by work. And um, I, I remember I read it and we've actually pulled into Liverpool Street Station um, and um, I ca- I hadn't finished it and I just carried on reading it until <laughs> until like until and for like ten minutes until I got off the train. Luckily, like the train didn't go like that again. But um, but yeah. And so for so for me, like reading um Gad's uh play, I had such like a visceral reaction to it, like in terms of like my gut instincts. And that is like for all the plays that I produce, I think I I always say to people that I only really produce work that really like gives me that feeling um because I think that's so so important if you're going to kind of as a producer if you're going to commit all that time and energy to um to facilitating something you've got to really feel like you love it and you're passionate about it and you think it's brilliant um for obvious reasons but you know not you know um so yeah and then I was just very pleased that my meeting with John and um John who's the director sorry uh John Britton and um Gad went really well and then that was it really so that's how we came and that's how that came into into that relationship came into being. And then with Remy, um, hello Remy. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so we've known each other for we've known each other for like ten years yeah. now. And um, we went to drama school together because I originally trained as an actress at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama. Um, and then we became properly good friends because you did the roundabout rep season in 2016 when I was still working at Payne's Plough. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think uh, we actually George Perrin and I had both had a conversation when we were working at Payne's Plough about how we thought Remy would be a really good writer. I think I've said this before, but I think people who have like the ability to um, like who are really amazing storytellers in life, yeah. like yeah. there's just something about that quality in someone that makes you think, oh, there's like a play in that person. Yeah, and um, and also because Remy's like a really amazing actress as well. And I just and I just. I always, uh, I always thought that you would write a great play, and <laughs> I nice. wanted to be the one to produce it. And I made that, I made that quite clear, I think. Yeah, you yeah. did. And <clears throat> I've been kind of like writing on and off for for a kind of uh, uh, since college, really, but not in a very committed way. <laughs> would get dragged up by the projects and kind of lose my way with it a bit. And then mm. I've st- I started taking it more seriously. And then at the end of last year, I'd gone away on a writing retreat up to North Wales this amazing residency called Tinawith uh, which is the old 
uh, residence of David Lloyd George, the old wow. Prime Minister. It's an amazing place. Um, and I just kind of sat, went to the beach every morning and like picked shells. <laughs> How romantic. And then came back and talked about new writing or, like for the entire morning, then ate some barabrith and then wrote in the afternoons. And like by the end of it, I'd written about 20 pages of something I thought I'd be quite interested in doing as a one-person show. And then I remember coming back to London and going for a cup of tea with you with Chesky and being like, I've written 20 pages of a play, who knew? And she was like, keep writing and I'll produce it. And yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, this is so serious now. Like someone's making me commit to something. Wow. I'm going to have to do my yeah. homework. Um, and that was kind of yeah, and that was where it. we left from really, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and actually with that one, because I, I didn't read it initially before I committed myself to I it. I know. <laughs> but, um, danger. But, danger, danger. Um, it seems to have worked out okay, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. been all right. Um, but that was like that is that's still about that gut instinct thing of knowing like I'm really believing in something and trusting in it. Um, you were very kind to. But I always think that though because it is a huge like leap of faith for someone, isn't it? To be like I yeah. think you can do this. <laughs> I find it so galvanizing though that another like young woman, just believing myself as young, <laughs> another young woman would be like. I trust you to do that yeah, and, yeah. No, and no one else had taken that leap totally. on me in that way so mm. it was like really heartwarming definitely actually. and I think like there's something that I learned about my time working at Payne's Plough actually um, that I think is sort of instilled in that decision to work with you which is that when I was working there certainly James and George what I really loved about the way they work with writers is that they just committed yeah. to commissioning a writer and then that was it like they would produce that play and I and and there's something about saying I believe in you and yeah. I believe you can deliver something for me that allows somebody to really make and do their best work you know and feel kind of trusted to yeah, just absolutely. you know as opposed to you know lots of seed commissioning and yeah. um yeah so I think that there was there was sort of the spirit of that very much uh, instilled in me when I was working at Payne's Plough which I tried to like bring into my work as a producer what is it um Gad, because actually this conversation is really interesting because I've, this is my 14th Edinburgh, but like my 8th producing. Gad, you've done 10 shows? I've done 10 Edinburghs, but that (laughs) that includes, that includes, you know, like that being a student, when you take a student play to the bedroom theatre at like 6 in the morning. (laughs) And um, Rem, this is your first play that you've written, like first piece of work that you've written coming Mm. on, like your your second Edinburgh performing. Yeah. Um, What's it like, like, how, what have you how what's I'm always like really intrigued how people find producers like what's it uh, yeah the whole thing's I, I didn't really uh, I it's very different I come from a comedy background uh, in the sense of like a producer and a director I suppose in a comedy sense is very very, very different I suppose to how it is in the theatre yeah. you're sort of spoiled in the theatre world yeah. <laughs> which is of course what I deserve after 10 years <laughs> at the fringe so yeah, it's very different. It's uh, it's it's yeah. I I'm sort of still figuring out as I go. I'm still sort of learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learning, but Have you always worked with the director when you've done your comedy performances? Uh, no, no, not really. I, uh, I I I sort of I, I sort of I think it's very different. I've I've always had like outside eye help because yeah. I think it's important no matter no matter what in terms of like official officially no not really at all, but but um. But outside our help, so it was important. So I've always had people working on my shows. Yeah. Um, you know, Burke's Nest worked on Monkey Monkey Do, and they were great at yeah. outside our help. And I asked a lot of friends for feedback and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just quite, it's just, it's a whole different kettle of fish 
theatre, you have people running around. I mean, there's people who work the show I never even met. Do you see what I mean? Who's Ed Boysness? I'll never know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Production man. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's yeah. like you get spoiled uh, in the theatre world. And it's, it, it's good because it means you can uh, focus on the, the writing and the performing and the, the discussing and the, the vision of the piece. Yeah. And it sort of means that you and the director can sort of uh, have more time together to figure out what it is. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, I remember, you know, like days lost during Monkey See Monkey Do, like going on Gumtree and meeting people in the pouring rain, buying treadmills off them, being like, <laughs> writing on the show. And then also I, I would edit, you know, all those shows as well. Uh, I did a bit of editing on this one, but but like with the monkey, so I was I was also writing it and editing it. So you're cutting your writing time in half. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. to that taking it basically takes a lot of the the, the pressure off in a yeah. in a nice way. In a good way. Well, what made you? Was it was it a decision to transition from sort of comedy into making a piece of theatre, or did it just start to happen when you were writing? <clears throat> well, I think with 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 this show, uh, I think you know, I think. It would have been hard to do it as a comedy show because yeah. it's the thing about you know Monkey See Monkey doing all the shows I've done before that have been sort of autobiographical is they're sort of about me, but this show is about a series of other people in my life as well as me, and I didn't want to make light of the situation. I, I thought yeah. it would be unfair. I thought it would be adding a layer of contentiousness that wasn't needed, um, and I ultimately wanted to try something new and challenging myself. I, you know, I think it's important to to, to not to not just carry on doing the same thing I, back in 2013 I did a show called Cheese and Crack Horse which is still a good, <laughs> a good title I wish I'd seen it and you know and I was very I was very proud of that show and the next year I did a show called Breaking Gad which was sort of the same show <laughs> it was sort of the same show uh, but sort of twisted 45 degrees to the to the right yeah and uh, and as a result I think you know I think a lot of people were like oh fine I enjoyed it but this is what he does now it's a shtick and I always think it's important to keep sort of challenging yourself and doing something different. I really actually want to try and do a sort of observational man microphone show one day yeah. to see if I sort of can. Yeah. And I just want to, I don't know, it just keeps life interesting if you keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I've, you know, and, I, and it was a lot of pressure and I'm very neurotic and I was always worried that like, you know, I don't know, I don't know anything really about the theatre world too much. And so I was always worried. My new, new biggest neurosis was like, oh, this comedy guy coming and giving it a go. But everyone's been really nice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think so as well, because I think your work is like sort of considered, uh, or certainly like from the outside, I always considered it as quite like, um, like uh, fluid in its kind of form. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in the way that I think a lot of work is now becoming a lot more like I think we are less prescriptive with yeah. um, genre than we used to be in terms of yeah, like absolutely. what is performance art, what is theatre, what is comedy. Like there's stuff that straddles, and your work does that. And of course, also your work is really autobiographical, so it's an autobiographical piece of theatre. So um, and that's kind of a new form in many ways because and that sort of sits more in performance art, but it's not performance art; it's theatre. Mm. And so yeah, yeah. yeah, so I think there's. I think, yeah, and I think, I, I suppose I think it's quite an exciting time to be making work because, um, because we are less, uh, Found. penned in, yeah, yeah, by, by those, by those forms. I mean, it's a nightmare for the fringe brochure because, like, <laughs> <laughs> you write a comedy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. All of those yeah. things. Yeah. But I think, yeah, but I think that's why, and I think that's why, uh, the show is so compelling because it's, you know, there's a, the audience really connect to the personal element of your work, but also um, 
but also they are kind of like lifted through this very theatrical experience at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's something that we've actually wanted to talk a bit about on this yeah. podcast, kind of genre and and form. Um, I guess you kind of like Roman play with that a lot in your show. Um, and I don't know, it's just, how do, how do you approach kind of, how do you approach kind of like writing that? Your, your um, I, I guess I just I literally just started one yeah. day and tried not to think about it too much actually at the beginning because I I found that because um, um, I don't have a clear way that I work in my head where writing is concerned yet yeah. I didn't want to um, I found that I kept stopping myself every time I thought about it too much that I would mm. stop and I would try and go back and I was rewriting things and starting again and actually that wasn't very useful so I kind of just made a decision to get to the end in whatever form I was writing in mm. just get to an end point or whatever I thought was near enough an end point and then go back and relook at it I guess I mean I guess my show starts off as kind of like a almost like a standard routine really yeah. in lots of ways and then it, it changes form quite drastically actually by the end and becomes something quite different and I, and I think maybe unexpected and for a long while um, I was having chats with various people that were reading it. We probably had this conversation a million times, Cheska, actually. Um, and it was like I'd written two plays, actually. And that was kind of like spacing me out a little bit. So I was like, oh, man, I've written two different things. And I'm really trying to ham them together. And I don't know if that's useful or not. But actually now, um, I'm, I, I, I quite like... And I think I was, a, I, you know, I was trying to trust myself at the time. Mm. My play is about grief, I guess. Yeah. Um, and... And I was like, I think the form works because grief is so vast and um, uh, it's hard to articulate what grief is a lot of the time because it's such a visceral feeling that actually I think there is space within the play for it to go to this other mm. world almost. Yeah. Um, I think so. But I, yeah, I was getting quite worried about form. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a word that was kind of scaring me a bit because I didn't, I, I felt like I wasn't being very you know, right, rightly <laughs> about it. Like, I don't know what form is, really. I don't know what people talk about. I, don't quite, I didn't quite know what that meant. So I just tried to forget about it, Yeah, actually. I don't know if you have more of a... Are you quite strict on yourself when you start working on something? Or do you just kind of, like, free <clears throat> go for it and see what kind of comes out? Yes, I think I think it's sort of is always like a fuzzy vision in the, the, the distance that you sort of scramble towards. Yeah. Uh, I... Yeah, I always think it's dangerous to, to try and force a concept on something before mm. before you start writing. I always feel anyway. Yeah. Like, uh, you usually you just have vague ideas and you try and pull them down into something structured. And, yeah. yeah, and I guess let it... I was trying to let mine just kind of surprise me a bit. Like, I, w I found myself writing... I find myself writing a new section and it sounded very diff... You know, mm. it sounded very different. It became much more lyrical. And I guess that's what I was kind of like, oh, God, yeah. what is this now? But actually... Maybe there's room. There's, there's room for everything, yeah. and like you said, yeah. not to judge. Try and mm -hmm. yeah, find the idea through it, I guess, rather than end gaming it at the beginning. Yeah. When you're writing, do you see yourself performing it as you're writing it? Yeah, and I say it out loud quite a lot just to see how that kind of fits. Yeah. In my mouth, but I find as well, or I've been finding since you've been here, you must find this as well. Once you've had like a bit of a run at it, you start to feel really what the tone is actually because I hadn't mm. I didn't have any time to do any previews or anything so I kind of feel like now I'm only starting to get to grips with like actually what the tone of it is and how I need to get people on side or whatever at the beginning yeah. and and I feel like I'm still working it through yeah. through just doing it yeah. and does it feel like the fringe is like quite a safe space to do that I think 
we have this, I think everyone is kind of less prescriptive when it comes to approaching formerly drum riders. Um, I just wondered if you, if you guys thought the fringe is like a good place to like try out work that is... Hell no. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the most pressurizing way, yeah. I think, yeah. of trying out work. It's, it's where the, your, the, the, the sense of success and failure is the most visible. But it's also the easiest way to platform your work. Mm, yeah. Like, I think your work... Like, sometimes I think some shows which do really well in Edinburgh, if they had started their lives in London, and I'm not saying this would happen for either of your shows, but, like, they would get lost in a way that they don't at the fringe because there's something about the fringe which I don't know there's something about the fringe which allows you to I feel like people go and work. see things in a, at the fringe you're, you know you're as an audience going you know you're at the end of a fringe and you're going to go and see some interesting stuff yeah. that you probably wouldn't do normally totally you've, you've got, got a captive audience here in a way that you don't necessarily in mm. London in the same way in London for example just saying London because that's where we all live but um, yeah so I think that there's something about there's something about yeah, Edinburgh that is terrifying, but also kind of... Yeah, crazy. yeah, it maximises visibility. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I, mean, I love Edinburgh, and I, I, I don't mind that, that, that stuff, but, but it's, 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 I think it's emotionally... Yeah. Uh, well, what comes with maximising visibility is, is that it's also emotionally yeah. difficult because, yeah. you, because yeah. you, you play your life out yeah. for all to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did have as well, we, with Baby Reindeer anyway, we... Um, we we did have like some conversations about whether we should come to Edinburgh or not, didn't we? we... I I initially sort of uh, didn't want to, but but then again, I was I was thinking about that in a comedy sense, and I'm actually really glad that I did, and I, I, I and I actually think that, that it was it was a great decision, the, the the right decision, but I was thinking in a comedy way, like because I just won the award or whatever. Yeah. I sometimes feel like when, you, when you're when a comedian up at the fringe and, and you've just won, you sort of sit outside of it a little bit and you, you can get lost in the shuffle. And I, I just felt that that might happen. I was worried that might happen. But I think because I took a, a 180 and did a theatre piece, mm. I sort of I sort of am not part of that comedy sort of thing in, this year, at least. Lovely. And I think that was just like an old uh, neuroses I had about maybe getting, you know, just... just, just getting a bit lost in it now now that I'd, I I wasn't part of the, the, the comedy rat race yeah. definitely I think um yeah and I also yeah and I think like bringing, bringing Baby Reindeer here that's all about um because you people already know who you are to a certain extent and so there's obviously already been a bit of a buzz around the show but it's just about um how Edinburgh is sort of particularly this year because it's the British Council showcase year like very saturated with you know programmers and producers mm. and 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 you know heads of festivals from all over the world who we can get in to come and see the show in a way that we might struggle to in in London mm. um so there's there's something about you know like this is I not I don't know a... anything about the show that's <laughs> I'm so I honestly don't know anything great that's what I'm here for <laughs> but, like, but yeah just to just to platform just to just to platform the work and showcase the work and also because actually at Edinburgh in its at its core, at its essence, I think is about the start is about starting a journey for the show yeah. and about um, you know ways of I don't think of a better word, but like exploiting the work in 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 other in other ways, you know, in 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 other territories or mm. you know in London or on yeah. tour, and, um, and and really, there's no easier way to do that than to bring a show to Edinburgh, although it's not easy. If that yeah. makes sense, mm. and I think like for you, Rem, as well, like doing. Because I think Edinburgh is also a great 
leveler. Like it's a it's a very level. M- lots of people may disagree with me, but I see Edinburgh as quite a level playing field because yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, like anybody can can bring a show here. Any not anybody, but you know, you can bring a show here and you can get the Guardian's critic in to come and see your show, yeah. or you can get the artistic director of theatre Cluid to come and watch your play in a way that you might not be able to do if you did it back in your home city or hometown. Yeah. Um, and so for like Remy, for example, who um, is, you know, a, a new new writer in many ways, mm-hmm. um, like that is the perfect opportunity to showcase her work to those people and to start all those relationships and to start galvanising mm-hmm. like not only the show and the opportunities for the show, but also the uh, opportunities for you as a writer or an artist. Yeah, um, in a really quick kind of en masse way yeah I guess. <laughs> quick and dirty quick and yeah. dirty yeah in and out as a French quick and dirty yeah <laughs> um, I also just wanted to ask what would you just like kind of like taking all of that on board and mm. um, what would you kind of distill into like just some, some small nuggets of advice for yeah. people who are kind of developing similar work to yours um, and kind of getting it out there not just at the fringe but kind of like post fringe as well um, if you each have like something maybe to my only one is start and finish that was like I couldn't believe I finished something and like what does finished even mean whatever I got to a point where I could show some work and we're here and we're doing it and I'm sure there's room to manoeuvre and for it to keep developing but I I, I just made a promise to myself to start and to get it done and now I'm here and I'm doing it and like it feels like a really um, worthwhile opportunity to have like just committed myself to so I'm thrilled just at that. The yeah. V basic yeah. start and just do it, hun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I so a few things. Um, I would say, like anybody thinking about bringing a show to the Edinburgh Festival or doing a show at all, um, you know, as a producer or as an artist, whatever, it's just like really interrogate what you want to do with it, why you're doing it, when you're doing it. Like answer all the who, what, why, when yeah. questions because actually, when you make work you're sort of um, creating a little mini business plan. Yeah. And so and you should really think about it like that. So to do to do that, um, the other thing is to um, go to your local... Because it is very hard to... You know, like, there are plenty of barriers to access in this industry. So, in, and it's very... You know, and it can be very, very difficult to make work. Um, I mean, we do not work in a theatre to make loads of money. Yeah. But... Um, but go to your local art centre or your local theatre or a local theatre company and like try and make a relationship with them and try and see if there's any support that they can give you if you are an emerging or a young artist or a first-time artist or a first-time producer because it's a very open industry, I think, and people are really willing to support each other. Um, so that would be my other one. And then try and... And then my third one, and this is like for producers and artists, is try and meet, try and meet people... or try and get in rooms with people in whatever way you can so um in a non-creepy way but (laughs) but um you know um you know if there's a if there's a free panel discussion with you know a few producers and a venue people um at the Edinburgh Festival um go go to that because you know it's so much easier to talk to somebody afterwards or email somebody if you've had an interaction with them where you've like seen the whites of their eyes yeah yeah. um Which is, it's basically networking, but it's just, yeah. And something somebody else told me, don't think about networking. Don't be afraid of networking. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I hate networking in so many ways, but mm-hmm. like think about it as work. Yeah. 
and then it's a lot easier, I think. But yeah, just to see the whites of people's eyes, really, and know when to and know when to leave a conversation as well. I don't ever say you're welcome, basically. <laughs> yeah, those would be that. Yeah, that's my advice. I think. Great. Um, I would always say to someone to sort of write, remind themselves why they sort of write something, remind themselves why they decided to do something in the first place, because I think. In Edinburgh, the distractions are there and uh, the competition is there. And people, certainly that I know, make the mistake of writing because they think a certain panel or a certain uh, critic or a certain someone or the other is going gonna, is gonna, to uh, enjoy it and that yeah. it will start them on the path of something. I'm convinced if you write something and you're not writing it from a place of truth or you're not writing it because you feel in your heart of hearts that you should write it and need to write it, then there's almost no point because I think if you're always writing for other people, then it's not gonna, it's just not gonna work because yeah. you're not being true to yourself. So I think if you come to the fringe and you author your own work, then always remind yourself and remember why you decided to do that in the first place. Yeah, great advice. Yeah. Great advice. Brilliant. Do you guys want to each um, say a bit about a show that you've seen that you think is really fantastic? Yeah, uh, a show. Uh, on at the Cab Fall at 7.55pm. It's a show uh, on the free fringe, it's absolutely free. It's by a man called Peter Henderson, who's a 65-year-old man uh, who's lived the craziest life. I don't know how much to give away. I probably won't, but the show is called Who Did I Think She Was? And uh, it's, it's one of the most heartbreakingly brilliant shows I've ever seen. And the, and the, the sad thing is he's getting about three people in a night. And he deserves a full house of right. hundreds and hundreds. And it's at the free fringe, so really, yeah, there's no reason to go to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, My, I've only just started seeing shows. I only just felt like I was able to. But um, I really, really, really loved the Canary and the Crow, yeah, which is a middle child show in Roundabout. Um, I, I've seen all. I've seen. I think I've seen like all the middle child shows apart from their um pantos yeah. and it's my favorite yeah by far it's just yeah. brilliant and like i don't need to say anything more than that i just think you would you'd be hard pressed not to have a good time watching that show Absolutely. um and it's messy and raw and fun and it's a story that i really think is like is should be being told on stage so yeah, yeah. great I'm the same. I haven't really even watched much yet. I don't feel like I haven't got probably second, but I saw at Roundabout on the other hand, we're happy, um, and it is so beautiful. Um, and there's some like amazing direction from Steph O'Driscoll in it. Some really gorgeous pieces, and and there's a there's a, a Welsh actress in it called Charlotte O'Reilly. O'Leary, yeah, come on, it's a joke. Charlotte O'Leary, and so she went to Welsh College after me, so I'm not mega friends with her yet, but I just thought she was, I mean, they're all wonderful, but she's yeah. so stunning in it. She she's is. so stunning, and I just, it, it was a bit early, but it took my breath away. It was like half 11 in the morning, take tissues with you. Yeah. It was quite, yeah, it was quite something, so probably that for me Great. so far. Thank you, Remy, that was a completely unplanned plug for what we think is one of the best shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is phenomenal. Charlotte is phenomenal. They all are. So yeah, please come and see that. Um, brilliant. And your then finally your favourite place to hang out at the fringe that has nothing to do with the fringe, theatre wise. Oh, um, there's just so many places. Um, <laughs> but I bloody love the Moss Kitchen. <laughs> um, yeah. If you haven't been to the Moss Kitchen, you need to go. I haven't yet. 
that everyone <laughs> says this, so I will heed your advice. It's brilliant. I'm going to be controversial and say that I think the mosque kitchen's overrated. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, here we go. Oh my god! Here we go. I really do. I'm sorry. What what I'm going to plug is the El Falafel Kebab Shop that's just right. by Bedlam Theatre. They do the best kebab. My god, <laughs> it is so good. We're all going to go food, and I went the other day to El Cartel, mm. the Mexican, and it is so great. And they do these frozen margaritas, like from like a slushy machine. Yes, yes, yes. It's so good. There's two. Nice. There's two. So yeah, find a table, go there. Yeah. Brilliant. Wicked. Amazing. Um, there's one more thing that mm-hmm. everyone's asked. So one thing we're trying to highlight is um, our backstage heroes. Yeah. And um, so just kind of someone who hasn't necessarily on the front line or someone who just might have like inspired you or something. So Are we all I the same? I believe we will all have the same I answer think we will. Gab, like, don't even me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gab's looking at us like... Three, two, one. Okay. Three, two, one. Well, Caitlin. I'm sorry, I thought you were sort of like trying to do a jokey thing. No, 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 Caitlin is our stage manager who is working on both Baby Reindeer and Do Our Best. Yeah. And um, we, Kate, Caitlin and I met, and Remy met her uh, in 2016 because she was the stage manager for Roundabout then. Um, and uh, she is, without doubt, the best stage manager I've ever worked with. She's insane. It's and like ridiculous. And um, she's, she's yeah. amazing and does it all with a smile, works so hard and like is just a joy to be around and really is the glue that holds both teams together, I think, in many ways. Um, and I think uh, brilliant stage managers are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, mm. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. We love her. We love, <laughs> love her. We love her deeply. Big up, Caitlin. Do you want to do any shouting out about your socials? What people can follow you? Where they can find you guys? Yeah, sure. I mean, Baby Radio is sold out, but <laughs> yeah. we still know about it. Um, yeah. Baby, well, what we should say is, Baby Reindeer is transferring to the Bush Theatre in the autumn. So if you're not in Edinburgh and you haven't been able to get a ticket, we're going to be on there from the 9th of October to the 9th of November. So please come and see us there. Um, Follow me at Mr. (laughs) Follow me at Mr. Richard Gad on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Same one for each. Yeah. And... uh, (laughs) I'm on my mailing list, Richard Gadsden. <laughs> Shameless plugging. You also can sign up to my mailing list if you go to my website, francescamoody.com. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Francesca Moody Productions. And you can follow me on Twitter at chesscamood, spelled C H E S C M O O D. Very confusing because there's an H when there's not an H in Francesca. Um, and I've got Facebook as well, just look me up. I just movie productions. <laughs> oh yeah, you do. Um, and my, I'm just on Twitter, really. Um, just <laughs> at Remy Lee, and you spell that R E M Y L E A. And yeah, and yeah, just I've been tweeting about the show loads on there. So yeah, yeah getting radio. And, and is this going out before the end of the fringe? Yeah. Oh great. So yeah. then come, then come and see. Uh, Please come and see Do Our Best, um, which is on in Underbelly in the Iron Belly at 10 to 3 every day. It is absolutely amazing. And we are starting to sell out. Um, and also, if you haven't already seen it, please also come and see my other show, <laughs> Square Go, which is also on in Roundabout, um, which is a brilliant uh, play by theater, Scottish theatre legends Kieran Hurley and Gary McNair. Um, and it is just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Really brilliant, um, and really, brilliant app, brilliant, 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 brilliant fun. And that is on at brilliant, brilliant fun. As five stars the stage. Um, uh, it is on at nine fifteen every day except Tuesdays. 
Great. Wicked. Thank you so much, guys. That was a really interesting discussion. Like, really fantastic to have you on. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We will be back again in the next couple of days talking to some more brilliant people. Oh, I've got one more. I've got one more thing to say. Go on. My other unsung hero. <laughs> Heroes. These three. Aww. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Lovely. not just because they bought us a I was very cringe and said that Phil was my backstage hero yesterday when we were talking about this. It was very this. kind. Uh, yeah, you didn't have a very big reaction to it then, did right. you? But oh, it's I, was, I was emotional on the inside. You can catch us at Painflow, uh, at Painflow on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, yeah. Keep up to date and tell us what you think about this podcast. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.